called those young people, raised those kids, and uh, taught them in the Lord and just had awesome time. Taught them soccer as well. David's an amazing musician. So they had a band. They traveled the nation. Uh, they did crusades and concerts and so many cool things. And, uh, and then they've shifted. You know, the boys are, have been in school and graduated. Sean got married. And uh, so they've shifted gears a little bit. Sean and Lindsay are overrunning the mission and they felt it was time to go into Burma. So I, I want him to talk a little bit about Burma because that was his home. And the Sean tribe was from Burma. Uh, that's some of the pictures we're showing right now. Yes? yes? Behind us. So this is Burma. So they felt it was time to maybe go into Burma. He still has uh, a bunch of relatives. Tell us a little bit about what's happening in Burma and uh, uh, some of the open door that is yours in Burma and why you want to go there. All right. Uh, Burma has been... Uh in highlight on the uh, to the West because of the interest of the uh, uh, democracy uh, should uh, should be changed for quite decades ago, uh, but many war uh, broke out, so it's the kind of ignore. So now the Burma is is kind of the uh, the icon for the economic growth in Asia, even though the China is its openings, but where's the mineral? They were keeping an eye on the Burma. And everybody's keeping an eye on Burma because of the late 60s, Burma was the richest man, uh, the richest country on earth. In 1963s, the years I was born, they kicked the last missionary out of the country. Okay. Since I mean, then, the country is the yeah. poorest country in the world. Yeah, I, I mean, probably everybody's surprised about that, but when I was in school back in the 60s, and we were studying about our geography and stuff, there was one small country in Asia that was listed as the richest country uh, as far as resources, natural resources, in the whole world, and that was Burma. <laughs> yep. So, now the, the Burma is now democratically elected. Uh, we have presidents and the vice presidents. And uh, the good thing is the vice president is Sean. And that plus on our hometown regions, and that backed by all my family and the, uh, uh, one of my uncles, the senator there. So, so everything, the family run the whole Sean stake right now. So I've been praying for all these years that I want to take Paula to see my kinfolks, where the Mahawan roots is. Uh, we, we, we make it on the 96, uh, no, 2006. And that they wouldn't let us even get out of the city. No, 1996. 96? Yeah, 96. 96 once. And then after 2000s, and then they said they're going to open Burma. And then we went in there, and they only let us go to the capital towns. And then at two, three months ago, and I took her there again. And guess what? Now they said, all my colleagues said, now we run the country. They said, David, where do you want to go? <laughs> I said, I want to take her to Mahawan route. So we went to see the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the palace and, and the region that where the Mahawans was, 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 was rules and, and, and have a chance to introduce my wife to all the kinfolks. And so that was a wonderful. Yeah, uh, I want to share just a little bit about, about this because I went to Thailand as a missionary in 1984. And I stood on, and yet I was really never called to Thailand. I was called to Burma. And I'd stand on the banks of Burma, 
and across the river from it in the, on the Thai side, and I would cry out to God, when can I go into the promised land? When can I go into my promised land? And 31 years later, 31 years later, I was finally permitted to go. I felt so honored. David let me sit up front and everything. But we began to realize that God was opening a door there. And it's actually a door of impossibility because the world would tell you it's impossible. Burma does not allow new churches. Burma does not allow missionaries. Burma doesn't allow any of this kind of stuff. But the door has opened for us. And so we're excited about it. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a door, like I said, of impossibilities and a lot of dangers. And so I thought, God, I'd like a little more confirmation about this <laughs> before we step out and do this. And uh, so uh, when I came to the States uh, a few weeks ago, we were down in, um, uh, along the Rogue River at a Native American Holy Ghost conference. And there was a Persian, Iranian pastor, and her church came up. And she began to minister to me. And she had a word for me, and she gave me uh, a scripture, Isaiah 44. And I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's very long. And bear with me, this is my second time to use an iPad. (laughs) I'm here. And so, anyway... I thought that the scriptures that she gave me probably was just for me personally because I'd been seeking God on some things. And so I I didn't read it right away. I waited because I wanted to just kind of chew on the word and meditate on it and see what God had to say. But when I got into it, I was amazed because when I was riding around Mandalay, Burma, I had never seen such idolatry in a country in my whole life as Burma. I thought Thailand was bad. No, cannot hold a candle when it comes to the idolatry. And they make all these idols for all the other countries right there in Mandalay. And you've got wooden idols, you've got, you know, concrete idols, you've got, uh, like, iron idols, you name it, and it's there. And when I was riding around, I was amazed, and I kept saying, how can these people make something with their own hands and then bow down and worship it? I mean, that was just beyond my thinking. How could I do that? I mean, how can they do that? You know, and I thought they've got to be blinded or something. But this was something that really, really stuck out to me the whole time I was in Burma. And then in Isaiah 44, it's about people taking wood and stone and and, uh, metals and making idols. And I'm just going to read a little of it real fast here. Because this guy's made, I mean, this, this idol maker has made idols. And it says, he gives it human beauty, and he puts it in a little shrine. He cuts down cedars. He selects the cypress and the oak. He plants the pine in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it, he warms himself and bakes his bread. Then, yes, it's true. He takes the rest of it and makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol and bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm. He says, ah, that fire feels so good. Then he takes what's left and makes his God, a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says, 
You are my God. Such stupidity and ignorance. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect why it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for my heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Should I bow down and to worship a piece of wood? The poor deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that cannot help him at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, Is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? And then the Lord took me to Romans 10:14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Praise God. It don't matter if the world says it's impossible to put a church there. God says it's time. And God is sending us. That's all we've ever done is pioneer work. I mean, ever since I started on missions, people always said, I never thought it could be done there. But God knew it could be done there. And he just sent people foolish enough to do it. <laughs> so, so that's why we're on our way to Burma. <laughs> Part of what's... Uh, some of you have hung around with David. You've heard so many cool stories. Part of what's fun, like he was telling me, his uncle has 35 cars. This is a, this is a gentleman in Burma. 35 cars. Uh, one of them, didn't you say one of them is a... Wrangler. One of them's a Jeep Wrangler. He's got an old original Jeep, and he's got a Jeep Wrangler. Uh, he's got a cool Jeep Wrangler like Pastor Dwayne. <laughs> this, I mean, what's, what's cool is that uh, many of you know David comes from a lineage of royalty, and uh, he was snatched out of that environment, snatched out of that royalty, and while they've all been on their path for 30 years, he's been on a Jesus path. And while they were, many of them remained in the Shan uh, people and remained in Burma, he was in Thailand raising all these orphans. And uh, orphans, many of them were Shan orphans that came into uh, Thailand but came out of that boy-soldier environment. And so now God is uh, opening up a door for them. And as he goes back in and finds out all of his relatives are controlling the countryside, you know, it presents this crazy open door that, Really, nobody else has. And so it's going to be so cool for them, and we want to be partners with that. Amen? So I've asked him to minister the word here this morning a little bit, uh, but we also want to take an offering for them. And just, uh, I know we give every month into their ministry. Uh, It's not a giant amount that we give. Uh, And so just wherever we can, we want to be partners in that. Uh, If the Lord would just uh, tug your heart this morning and... uh, and just stir you to be a part of it. We welcome that. No constraint, no twisting of the arm. Uh, we want to pass envelopes down the rows and just grab one uh, if that is just something within you this morning, and then we're going to let him minister the word. Amen? Isn't it fun to have people here? Uh, these people are just such examples. Uh, you know, Sean graduated from Portland Bible College, and Ty uh, has been down at Portland, and and uh, might be going over to Bethel. We don't know. He's talking about that now. He's saying, Mom and Dad, I want to, you know, he's called to worship ministry as well as preaching. And so both of these boys 
uh, have just been so used of God. And it's, uh, again, just a sign and a symbol of their integrity and the way they've walked and how God has, has led them and helped them. Many of you have heard me tell the story of, of one of their major sponsors uh, out of Detroit, Michigan, uh, was an automotive executive. And the guy, the guy passed away in their kitchen. He was over in, he's over in uh, Chiang Mai visiting them in Thailand, and, uh, and they've got all these projects on the board, right? And he passes away. He died in their kitchen. They're like, he can't die yet. This is no time for him to die. What did you do when he died well, in, we in your kitchen? Well, we jump and then we lay on it and we cast that dead spirit out of him. And then he revived back. And the family were crying, you know, at that time. And then he, he revived and he looked at his family and said, did I spook you? <laughs> the family said, yeah, you did it. <laughs> Don't do it again. Raised from the dead. Isn't that fun? Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? Yep. Come on, how bad do you need something? How bad do you want something? And these people have just shown their faith and their uprightness and their integrity uh, to us as a body for 23 years, and we, we love being partners with them. Amen? Uh, let's pray, and then we'll give together, and then I'm going to release him to bring the word uh, this morning. You're so glad you're in church? Come on, you can do more than you think you can because his grace is on you. Amen? Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your enablement. We thank you for the richness of this couple, uh, Faith Village, Trumpets of Christ, uh, these ministries that you have launched and initiated and started through them. We know that whatever's born of God will overcome. These two are overcomers, and we just revel in our partnership with them. Bless gift and giver. Let it expand. Let it grow. And we just say for Burma, church planting, church planting initiative, come forth in Jesus' name. Growth of the body of Christ, salvations, spring up in Burma, spring up in Burma like an artesian well in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. As you give, I believe that God will multiply Open the door of heavens and, and pull upon your life. When you're giving to God, don't even think as a one way, you know, deal. And when you give it to God, you've got to think as a big picture, like His people, Israel. If you, if you listen to the Israeli when they pray to God, I know that they, they need Jesus. But I was so amazed at the way they, they're expressing their word. All right, when they need money, or the, uh, the, uh, the blessings, all right, on the, uh, for the daily use, they would call on the El Shaddai, the one who's more than enough, the one who has many breasts to feed all of his children abundantly. See, they capture the things. And if they, are, they want a good health, they will say, Jehovah Rapha, who's my healer? He's the best doctor of all. See, they name and they grab the thing that what God has for them. That is what we all have to focus. You give, but money is just only a substance, just only the tokens, only the object that we use to trade. Do you know that now money is worth nothing in Burma right now? Because China is bringing a bunch of money to buy the land. 
You know what the Burmese people they're getting sharp. He said, "We don't want your money. It's just a paper. We want gold and dollar. You bring the gold and dollar. We sell our land. See, money is just nothing. Just only the object that we use and trade and to live on. So when you give to God, the thing is many ways that you can you 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 can withdraw from God. All right, love, family, hopes." You know the uh, the, uh, the the blessings and, and good health. You just draw it all by just giving to God. All right. What if you have a Bible? Please turn with me to the book of. I would like to start with the uh, Mark chapter sixteen fifteen. All right. So I know the Great Commission. We always go to the Matthew you know twenty eight you know eighteen nineteen and go ye into the world. That's okay. All right, keep on that. But Mark sixteen fifteen, and again, and, and, and then a Mark record that Jesus said, "You know, you must preach the gospel into all creature. I mean, everybody. It's not wrong at all. Even you can preach the gospel to your pet. We have a pet named called Latina Chihuahua. We all tell, oh, God love you.'" All right, God created you just for us, so you can just preach the gospel into every corner of the earth, every place your workplace. That is a command. And again, somehow that we got to grab the confidence that that Christ is living, and He is the uh, the uh, the the creator of all, and and Christ is. Is the one that still with us and performing what he said in his word. Come on, you guys, life have to be changed constantly from us. That will evidence that Christ is alive and Christ is living. Do you know that you go to the third world? They don't care about all the project that you can you can do to win them to Christ. You can do so much on your own abilities and. And, 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 and to reach people. But if you don't have a confidence in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to change life with signs and wonders and miracles. I don't know how much you study about the, uh, the, the, the great men and women of God. Some of them are sitting around here. I know the Ron divorce right there. I think he's an example of it. I will go strong just like him to the end. I will just stand firm, just like a Teal Osmond's confidence in God, like Oral Roberts, all the way for God, like the greatest missionary on earth. That the last one I have ever, uh, ever seen and and heard him speak, Doctor Lester Sumrall. I shook his hands. That man. One day. Our teacher was talking about the Pentecostal handshake. All right, I, was, I still brand new in the United States. Have no clue about the Pentecostal handshakes. All right, so he explained to me. I said, "All right, I want to experience that." All right, so I have three dollar in my hands. That's all I have. And now Pastor Lester Sumner gave his lecture. And after he finished, I was waiting outside, try to run to him to give him a Pentecostal handshake. And guess what? Before I reached to him, I found myself in the air, floating. There's a big black dude, man. 
is a bodyguard. He grabbed my, my, my neck and then uh, hold me up. So I'm, I'm glad Dr. Lester Samra see that. And he said, boys, what do you want? So I just want to give you Pentecostal handshakes. He said, I'll take that Pentecostal handshakes. So I give him a handshake, give him that $3. I was so amazed that, you know, man, I shook the man of God, the greatest missionary on earth, and I give him a Pentecostal handshake. And guess what? Since then, people never stop giving me a Pentecostal handshake. Going somewhere for a man meeting, and some guy came, boy, nice to see you. Grab my hand, I look at it, $100 bill. Wow! <laughs> Anybody Pentecostal handshake? <laughs> they were so amazed the way how they set the pace. I was looking for there, Edeblun Canyon. Some missionary gave me the book. All I call the, uh, the New Creation Realities. You guys should grab that. New Creation Reality. All right, I study English. I try to speak and read English, you know, all of my life. But when I turned 18, I met first foreigner. I have no clue what he said. <laughs> only speaking, only reading, only writing, never hearing. Faith come by hearing hearing by the word of God. So now, this book is kind of almost, I read, I don't know how many times, the book almost, the page almost tore apart. I don't understand a clue. Now I came to Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And guess what? One of my textbooks, New Living, uh, the uh, New Creation Reality by E.W. Kenyon's. And then God started to open my spirit and open my heart. I can just read two sentences and I can write the whole sermon. That's how God opened the door for me. And guess what? I hunt this man down. I know he died in 1945, all right? His house was taught this way. I'm in the Northwest now. And then I went to West of Edinburgh Canyon, Linwood. Maybe we were driving everywhere and you know, looking for the, the Edinburgh Canyon place. But the thing I want to point out is that the great man and woman of God are all out of the Northwest. Do you realize that? E.W. Kenyans. This is from here. You know the Kenneth E. Higgins, the father of faith, he went to the school in Kenyan Vales. You know the Kenneth Copeland's, also from there. So Northwest is a good ground a good mission grounds to bring up the man of God and woman of God for the next decades. So now, this man of God impact my life. I'm sold out for Christ. I would not trade with anything else. So many opportunities that lay before me. I said, no. I said, Christ is the best. I said, I'm the ambassador for God and then I wouldn't trade for anything else. People try to give me a position they're in the United Nations you know, for the, the Geneva Convention, you know, representing the whole nations. I said, no, I'm proud to be missionaries. And I'm proud of what I'm doing. And then I'm called to become a missionary, and I'm going to be the best one. Amen? All right. So now, 
Now, to preaching the gospel, now we go back to the Romans chapter 1 verse 16. How, how come Apostle Paul is so confident that he said, you know, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that who believes. And then now I, I believe that the, uh, the, the, uh, my wife, Paula, you know, she go on, the, on, on to the uh, Roman chapter 10. You know, that how can they believe the one that they have never heard? And how can they heard unless somebody preached to them? And how can they preach unless someone has sent? I know in the Bible, minus indicate that there's a missionary. Except Apostle Paul making the Sabbath trips into the Middle East. But I think this scripture that's kind of pinpointed us that you and I he has to be a part of these great commissions. I knew that most of the young people they don't want Christ to come back yet. I guarantee you don't worry. I think when you're ready, Christ will come back. But uh, to my generations, I believe that the more we put our heart into this great commissions, the, the, uh, the nearer that we draw to Christ and coming back. See, the, the, the gospel of Christ must preach to all creatures, all nations, before Christ comes back. I think Lolaga is speeding it up. High-tech cell phones are everywhere, my friends. Internet 4G, that's where we started over there. 3G and 4G. We don't even start with the basics. So internet is everywhere that they can tap into the, uh, the preaching of the gospel. So I believe that it is our duties, and it's our call, each and every one of us. We are go, you send us. Anywhere, any place. We will penetrate every obstacle. We will overcome every difficulties. We are the best soldiers that you can ever have, the missionary. Nowadays, so, so few missionaries that you can find. So few preachers that who tap into the call of God. Do you know the preacher? I call him an endangered species. If you don't believe, you check out the Bible college. How many percentage of your college students that make it to be a preacher? My friends, less than 3%. They said 10%. But the seven will fall before five years. Only three make it. That is statistics. My friends, we all call to preach. We all call to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ because He's real. Amen. All right. Before I go, I, I want to just you know share with you. This is what a deal husbands. How important you are. I think this is a deal husband word that he said. You know, the world is the heart of the church. And the church is the hope of the world. Without the world, the church is 
meaningless. And without the church, the world is hopeless. My friend, you and I are so important. We have to live our life from now on differently. But God will remind you daily that you are valuables, you are important, you are lovables, you are, you are, you are very uh, important to His plans and His purpose. We just have to have the willing heart that God, I'm here. Just use me for your purpose. I would want to leave you this one thought. After the Second World War's finished, General MacArthur's and the General Eisenhower's, they knew that the Japan war spiritually broken. Their idolatry cannot help them. Their knowledge and then their, 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 their military might cannot help them. They were broken. So General the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Eisenhower, he said, if the Christian can give me a hundred missionary, I will give you to Japan. Denomination was just shocked. He said, no, we've got to train four years uh, to train the, the missionary. We are not ready. Guess what? Now, the Japans are the hardest ground to reach. They're the greatest you know, preacher, the greatest church in the world. Pastor uh, the uh, Dr. Yonggi Cho's, one of my instructors in my Bible college, he even said that Japan are very hard. He's been trying it with his team to reach out Japan. But Japan is very few Christian, my friends. But now, if you look at the Southeast Asia, Burma is the last frontier, my friends. And the God is entrusting us. I have full confidence that I can do the job if you just send me there. I know the terrain. I know my college. They are in powers. My Timothy is there. All the boys soldiers that we raised, 36 of them, are, most of them are preacher and teacher right now, ready to take them into and to take the ground. Shan flags are flying everywhere. The Shan stake has never been free. People were holding up the political rallies and, and forming up, up the, uh, the free elections. I was amazed. Before I left, I remember that I was eighth grade. I was wearing my Sean Pan to go to school. Militaries, they, 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 uh, uh, the truck show up and it loaded all of us who have a Sean clothes and they put us in jail because of we wearing our Sean clothes. Forget about learning Sean literature and shan culture. And guess what? Now it's changed. Shan billboards are everywhere. Shan flags are everywhere. And my friend, who is a Buddhist, he said, David, what do you want to do now? Be ready to help you. And now is the time, my friends. And we are going there and take the lands and win soul for the Lord. Amen? All right, Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on, let's stand this morning. 
I want you to pray for them. Amen. Actually, Paula, would you come? And maybe David, and we'll just come right to the front. Right here to the front. And let's just pray for them this morning. Amen. We are so proud of them as pioneers. Pioneers are different kinds of people. Amen. Did you know that you're called to partner with pioneers? And you're called to embrace a pioneer spirit, a pioneer heart. And pioneers just, you know, break through. Pioneers just go after things. Pioneers, uh, they don't ha- it hasn't, doesn't have to be the familiar road. Yeah, others of you come up and lay hands on them, would you please? Those of you, if you just feel the spirit moving you right now, you're part of our leadership team, or there's just an unction on you, just come up quickly. Come up quickly and let's pray for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we're just excited. Excited about your... Yeah, Ron, Papa Ron, come on. Papa Dick, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any others squish in here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stretch your hands toward him. Would you do it? Just begin to pray. Lift up your voices together. I love the confidence, but it's not going to be easy. (laughs) I love the confidence in their God, but it's not going to be easy. They're going into uncharted ground, uncharted water, a communist country, closed to the gospel, closed to churches, closed to missionaries. That's where they're going. They're going into a hard place, a hard place. They're going to need signs and wonders and miracles. They're going to need breakthroughs like never before. They're going to need... They're going to need more than just literature. They're going to need the presence of God to be upon them, an abiding presence to be rich upon them. It's not the Bible belt. This is Satan's belt. Literally, the center of idolatry. A nation that was changed in 1963 when they kicked the last missionary out. They closed the church. The nation changed. Natural resources were shut down. Riches were shut down. The nation changed. They believe, we believe with them, this is time for a shift, a reversal, for the gospel to be freshly released. They will be on the forefront, on the front of the airplane, on the nose, breaking through, breaking through, And we want to stand with them. We want to keep them in our hearts, keep them in our memory, keep them in our prayers, keep them near to us. And we want to be there for them in every way. They're precious. They're precious. We command health on them. We command strength on them. We prophesy grace increased upon them, provision to them. We thank you for the favor that you're working out. And we just say favor explodes before them. In this idolatrous and Buddhist land, we just declare favor explodes upon them and before them, and that people begin to do things that they themselves don't even know why they're doing them. We just say visitation. Even as the visitations come upon the Muslims across the world, where they're seeing Jesus, and there's a visitation of angelic host and the appearances of Jesus, we say the same thing now, released in Burma and on these 
Burmese people, upon the tribes, not only the Shyam tribe, but the other tribes of this nation, we just say visitations of Jesus come, confirmations of the revelation of his salvation come. We just declare it right now. Satan, the Lord rebuke you over Burma. We stand with these friends of God, sons of God, daughters of God. We just stand with them who will be going in. And we rebuke, we rebuke the stronghold of the demonic powers over the people of Burma. And we just say wherever David and Bola's feet go, wherever the host of their workers, their Timothys, their warriors go, that ground is theirs and demonic powers have to bow and give up. The Lord rebuke you that have held the people. The Lord rebuke you that have blinded the people. The Lord rebuke the ministry of idolatry over the people of Burma. Loose them, loose them wherever David and Paula go, wherever the message is preached, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, we command demonic powers bowing and giving up and letting go of those people. Witchcraft cast down in their presence, in their meetings, in their midst, in their ministry. Wherever they set out to plant a church or to bring a crusade or to share the word, we command witchcraft, silenced, shut down, demolished. Every shop, every citadel, every gathering of the unclean, folded up, silenced, and put out of business. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for miracle healings and glory, 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 glory the witness of glory on their lives. The raising of the dead, common. Sickness and disease, healed, made common. Cancer and every kind of enemy of man put under their feet. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering this morning. welcome you to greet them and give them a Pentecostal handshake as we close this morning. Let's worship as we go. Hallelujah. Worship as we go. And I know our Uganda team is going to be running around welcoming you to be a part of our giddy up evening. Pray that you'll be with us on the evening for the giddy up event. God bless you. Let's worship as we go.